Hi, this is Margie Geiler Alanis. This week on Shining Bright, we're celebrating the Big Five O. It's FFA Week, and we are celebrating 50 years of women being a part of the organization. We'll talk to a few women who have both had their lives affected by their time in FFA and hear about their journeys since then and how they are helping the next generation still today on Shining Bright by Farmher, Saturday at noon and Sunday at 2 p.m. Eastern on Rural Radio 147 and the SiriusXM app. Welcome to Shining Bright, the Farmher radio show all about women doing great things. Women who are making the ordinary extraordinary. Women following their passion, taking action, and making a difference for themselves and others. Join me, Margie, as your host on Shining Bright by Farmher. Welcome to Shining Bright. Erin and I are here in the studio and we are celebrating FFA week. And this year, it's a little bit more celebration if you are a farm her, because this is the entire year where we're celebrating 50 years of women being a part of the FFA organization. So woohoo. Yeah, (laughs) definitely something to celebrate. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, you know, we have had many um, shows already around this. You've seen things if you follow our uh, social media, all that stuff. But this is the week to really make a splash about it. And so uh, coming up in the show, we're going to be talking to a few women who have had FFA be a major part of their lives. And it has really helped shape their futures. And they're still engaged in it today. Mm-hmm. So um, now <laughs> I can tell you that I wasn't in FFA. I was in 4-H. But um, Aaron, you were. Mm-hmm. So I was. I'm going to fire some questions at okay, you. Okay, I'm ready. Yeah. Okay. So number one, tell us mm-hmm. a little bit about your FFA career. Like, what yep. did you do? Were you an officer? Okay. So, you know, I spent how many years from the age of seven, whenever I could join 4-H until eighth grade was mm-hmm. when we could join FFA. Yep. And we had a super strong program mm-hmm. in Milton, Wisconsin. Um, we had, gosh, I think when I started, we just had one advisor, Bob Johnson, mm-hmm. and he built a really strong program, but we also had a super strong alumni. Oh yeah. Which is a big deal. It is. It does. Yep. It makes a big difference. I've seen towns where that alumni chapter Ugh. like drives everything yeah. for that. Town. And they gave us so many opportunities as students in that program. So anyway, I I don't ever remember not wanting to join FFA or start taking ag classes. You just in knew you were eighth grade. Do it. Yeah. I just knew I was gonna do it. So eighth grade is when it started and I mean that was I just remember that was I mean the highlights really like at that age were I knew he was going to go on some field trips and yeah. do some contests. And, and so that was cool. Uh-huh. Um, but that's when it started. Uh-huh. And I was active. It was really the only club I belonged to in yeah. high school. And I yeah. didn't play sports. You didn't play sports. So this, this it was, was your it. extracurricular. And it kept me busy yeah. because I did the whole experience from, um, I was an officer. I think I was an officer maybe my junior year and my senior year. Maybe I was secretary my junior year, but I was vice president <laughs> for sure. Looks like mine. Uh huh. Like, this is great. Exactly happened. Yeah, I know. But my best friend Kim was president. Uh-huh. I was vice president. Okay. And um, I believe that was my senior year. But I had a I had an SAE, my supervised agriculture experience. Mm-hmm. I had I got my state degree. I got my American degree. Um, I went to Washington Leadership Conference went to the state conventions. It was, I mean, it, and it formed and I'm excited this whole time that we've been talking to people because it is so deep seated in my experience. Right. The things I use today, every day on boards at work, it all came from my, my FFA experience. Right. And you know, it guided your 
uh, secondary education, secondary, whatever, your yeah. college education. Yeah. Well, as a junior in high school. So then we had another ag advisor, Diane Rundy, mm-hmm. and um, we had we had a large program. We had a greenhouse. Um, we did all kinds of stuff. We, we did it all. But um, she was also very influential. Mm-hmm. And I knew my junior year of high school that I was going to go to school for ag education. And that was it. And then I thought and that you did. I did. I did. I did my undergrad and my master's. And at that point in my undergrad, I'm like, oh, I'm going to be a professor of ag education. I had some great professors too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but that didn't, that was, you know, I mean, that's when I thought my path was going to be very laid out and clear and yeah, not nice. winding, which <laughs> back before you knew the truth. Yeah. About how right, that works. <laughs> right. Nice idea. Um, but yeah, I did. And I, and I did teach agriculture and I was an FFA advisor as well yeah. for two years mm-hmm. in Minnesota. Um, so I took it all the way to that point. Was there a person along the way that kind of helped plant that seed for you? I know you yeah. said you had yeah. advisors and you I had- would say uh, Mrs. Rundy. She yeah. was our, our ag advisor and she really, I mean, I worked with her on my SAE and um, she was awesome. But I mean, the whole program, even, even Bob Johnson, like it was, it was such a great experience yeah. um, that it just kind of left no question, at least to my future path at that point what I was going to do but yes definitely influential she was your if you can see it, you can do it a hundred percent yeah a hundred percent yeah yeah and um yeah it was it was it was great and we did I mean we did all kinds of things it was busy times Mm -hmm. okay so one we're running out of time what's one fun Aaron FFA fact okay well this is you know I had to text Kim last night (laughs) um and I'm like what was our what was like the highlight yeah and but I had my own but we were on the floor culture team. Yeah, fun. And won. And so we went um, to nationals for floor culture. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. would, I, I yeah. know that I would have loved that if I had mm-hmm. been in FFA. Yeah, it was. It wasn't. So it was great. And I still use that. I mean, like when yeah. I'm picking out my plants and identifying random plants here and there, I can still do it. <laughs> you can pull it out. <laughs> right. Awesome. Well, thank you for sharing a little bit about your experience, Erin. Absolutely. Um, so coming up, we're going to be hearing, like I said, from a few women who have had FFA be a major part of their lives and who are carrying that forward still today. So stick with us here on Shining Bright. are hanging here in the studio. Aaron and I are talking with Jennifer Marcheski. Jennifer, welcome to Shining Bright. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. Yeah, yeah. So this episode is all about celebrating. I mean, gosh, we could do every episode every day, all year for the rest of our lives and never cover all the oh. amazing women who've been <laughs> right. part of the FFA organization. It's but, true. Uh, this is the time to mm-hmm. have a few of those stories bubble up and um, celebrate some of the roles and things that women have done yeah. in that organization uh, because 50 years, right? 50 years Absolutely. of women in FFA. Mm-hmm. I know, I know. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Jennifer, let's uh, hear a little bit about you. Can you tell us a little bit about your background, where you're from? Yeah, sure. So I grew up um, on a grain and livestock farm in Benton County, Indiana. Uh, Fowler, Indiana was my hometown. And uh, grew up there as a Bitten Central bison and um, very involved in FFA and 4-H growing up and uh, was able to serve as a Indiana State FFA officer after my high school graduation. 
and then uh, ventured on to Purdue and uh, received a degree in ag sales and uh, especially area in agronomy and uh, have been working in the, uh, in the ag industry ever since. Yeah, well, uh, it sounds like a, a like a real condensed version of I'm sure a lot of twists and turns <laughs> right. in there along the way, right? That's right. That's right. The high level view. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so you mentioned you just casually dropped in there that you were a state FFA president or uh, you were officer. Sorry, yeah. not a president. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that experience? Yeah. So. Um, I started in FFA when I was in junior high, and uh, some of my first events were going to leadership camps. And I remember doing some goal-setting goal sessions, and I always um, had the goal of being an, a state officer someday. And so um, I was elected state FFA secretary um, actually in 94, 95, which is, is the 25th uh, year anniversary for me. Oh, wow. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. yeah. Thanks. It's crazy, isn't it? <laughs> 20, yes, it is. Years. I can't believe wow. it's gone that fast. Uh-huh. So did you say that you did that the year after high school? So you spent a year um, in that role? Absolutely. Okay. So we um, spent a year serving the FFA. We um, did a lot of traveling um, and speaking to mm-hmm. students across the state of Indiana. Yep. Which is probably how it made it on your list of goals way back when you were in middle school. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh-huh. I looked up to those yes. to those officers a lot. So um awesome. Okay. So after your stint as the officer there in Indiana, what came next for you? Can you can you dive in a little bit deeper about your next step in your uh, professional journey? I always like to call it a journey, right? Like mm-hmm. it's this yeah. like tw- yeah. windy path, yeah. twisting and turning. So I finished up that year of service and um decided to go to Purdue. And uh, I had decided Purdue um, before I was elected, just because you have to have a path, you know, a plan if, if you don't happen to get elected. And so right. I was planning to go, to go to Purdue um, in ag communications, actually. Okay. And um, after my year of service, um, I decided uh, you learn a lot about business and industry and in the ag industry. And so I had decided when I finished my year of service that I was going to go, um, into food science. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I I finished my freshman year and the science was a little overwhelming. um, (laughs) I I laughing because I agree. I would would be in the same boat (laughs) as a communicator. I'm like, Uh I feel like I stopped breathing when I hear that. (laughs) Yes, exactly. And so I found my way into the ag egon department and, uh, and sales became a passion of mine. And so I, finished my career at Purdue with an, a degree in ag sales and marketing with a specialty area in agronomy. Awesome. That's great. And what a great yeah. opportunity. You know, I didn't think about it to spend a whole year as a state officer and you're in and out of, of businesses and organizations and seeing oh, so yeah. many different things. Um, that's like so it invaluable. Was, it was, oh yeah, it was an experience of a lifetime. It really was not only just the leadership uh, skills that I developed that year. But like you said, the networking that we were able to do throughout that year was something. Yeah. Um, This isn't in in what I was going to ask, but I just have to know, like in, in being, you know, what an 18 or 19 year old Mm -hmm. spending a year basically on the road, like you guys are everywhere on the road, all over the state. I I can't imagine how many nights you travel um, living out of a suitcase. What is the biggest lesson that you learned in that year as a Mm -hmm. young woman, like, you know, fresh out of high school? I mean, really, right. Finding yourself in in so many different locations and meeting so many different people. 
Absolutely. So, you know, when you rewind the clock 25 years, right, um, you think about, <laughs> yeah. you know, cell phones. I, we did, I did uh, my, my, actually my grandma got me a bag phone yeah. you know, I would have when I was driving. Yeah, right. Um, but you learn very quickly. Uh, obviously, uh, you learn a lot about your surroundings and trying to stay safe, right? Yeah. I, I grew up in a little town and that was never a concern. You uh-huh. know, you knew everybody in our little town, but when you're traveling the state, it was definitely a different perspective. Um, we always tried to travel in twos, mm-hmm. so we always had a buddy. Um, but uh, yeah, it was it was a big change from uh, my little small town with my mom and dad and siblings yeah. to going to, you know, traveling the state. So, but uh, yeah, I remember back. I, I that was my first bag phone when I became an officer. They yeah. wanted me to have one while I was on the road. <laughs> we so. all have those things that are like a sign of the times, right? And that's just like this brief <laughs> yeah. moment in time. Like I, uh, I, I don't know if I've shared this on on here before, but my husband and I, when when we first started dating, we connect. We had worked together, but we we connected actually on MySpace. And I'm like, oh, oh my gosh, gosh, there's only like so many people that can say that and real. even understand what yeah, that even means. Forget about MySpace. I know. That is hilarious. I know. Isn't it funny? <laughs> I know. It's such this weird little yep. blip in time, just like your yep. bag phone, but That's I right. can picture my stepdad Absolutely. had bag phone. I, had, I can picture the bag phone my dad rented from work <laughs> yeah. for us to play with. <laughs> it probably cost like an like insane amount of money. 25 cents a minute to yeah. make a call. <laughs> so exciting though. Yeah. That's um, great. Okay, so that's wonderful. Okay, mm-hmm. so tell me a little bit about your professional, um, you know, experience as you left Purdue and, and yeah. where you went from there. Yeah, absolutely. So senior year, everybody's nervous about where they're going to land their job. Mm-hmm. And I was, uh, I, I remember being a nervous senior going into career fair that year. And um, I was able to um, interview with Pioneer uh, back then and was able to make it through the uh, rounds of interviews, and they offered me a position um, in uh, their Rushville, Indiana location mm-hmm. as a as a trainee, basically. Um, getting to learn the business and learn the product, it was uh, actually a production position. Um, mm-hmm. And so um, I ended up taking that role, um, and they called it management trainee back then, and um, packed my bags and moved to Rushville, Indiana. Mm-hmm. And started to uh, started a career in the seed business. Yeah, very good. Which uh, did that, I guess, clear the path for what your role is today. Yeah, so I um I I was started in that role and then became a production agronomist for about eight years with mm-hmm. Pioneer, and mm-hmm. I it was a great foundation to my career. Yeah. I, you know, when you're out in the field learning about how the crops grow and how things work. It's just a, it was a really good foundational start for my career. And, um, I learned so much from not only my coworkers, but the growers I worked with and, um, just learned a lot about, you know, the seed side of the business. And so it was a great start to, to my career. Um, yeah. Then, then, you know, then had the opportunity to move up, you know, and Mm -hmm. and had some advancement opportunities. I was with Pioneer for about 15 years before I came to FNC where I'm at today. Awesome. Well, okay. It's always a windy path. Um, When we come back here on Shining Bright, we'll jump into what your role is today. And and we also want to talk a little bit more about your experience as a woman in this industry, because that's that's always a thing. Mm -hmm. So for any of you listening, do you use YouTube? That is one of the best places to see these farmhouse stories. You can watch segments from every TV episode, our Everybody Eats videos uh, that complement our podcast and all this fun behind the scenes stuff. So check it out. Farm Her on YouTube. 
Welcome back to Shining Bright. We are talking with Jennifer Marcheski, who is um, with FMC today. We've been talking about the path of your career and your involvement in FFA. But can you tell us, Jennifer, what your role is today? Yeah. So um, about uh, five years ago, I took a retail market manager position with FMC. And uh, FMC is a chemical manufacturer. And so I support them on the sales side out in a, I have a territory in Indiana and uh, work with growers and uh, retailers all throughout the northern half of the state. Awesome. Yeah. It's a, Sounds like a big job. Great role. Yeah. 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 My husband's an yeah, agronomist. Yeah. And so we, uh, you know, like I get some of this at least. Yeah. He was, he's not anymore, but he uses it all the time mm-hmm. in his current role. Yeah. And yeah. it is a solid yeah. foundation. Yeah. I've, I've met so many women who are agronomists yeah. uh, through these last seven-ish years mm-hmm. of Farm Her. And it is like a very foundational role yeah. in this industry. There's so many people that are... It really, yeah. yeah. It, it really gives you that base, you know, yeah. knowledge that you need to go and have a, right. a good conversation with, gr- yeah. with growers. It's all so, about yeah. growing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can understand it. So um, you have had a solid career for, like you said, you've, uh, 25 years marks the, uh, year that you were, um, an officer. officer. <laughs> but, um, yes. so over those years, have you experienced anything unique maybe because you're a woman? Has it been uh, more of a difficult mm-hmm. path than you expected? I mean, you know, I always think about this. I spent 11 years in corporate agriculture and it, Definitely was different than I than I envisioned. <laughs> yes. You know, um, I, in, in where I was, I was one of few women, mm-hmm. right, in that role. And and not that anybody like necessarily did anything to make it difficult for me, but it was just hard when there's just not as many uh, people that maybe you would more easily connect with, or when you can't right. see that path. But yeah. um, I always think it's interesting. You know, you've navigated a career in this industry for. Um, over a couple of decades. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, h- how yeah. has that experience been? Yeah. So I, um, you know, overall, and I think today's experience is way different than it was when I first started. Right. I mean, I right. think our industry has come a long way from that mm-hmm. standpoint. And yeah. so actually um, here at FMC, I'm on a regional team of five women and four men. So um, it's, it's awesome That's to right. have that, yeah. that diversity around me. But, you know, I go back to when I first started at Pioneer. Um, I'll never forget. um, You go through an interview process and then they select you and they choose a location for you to go and work at. And so I was, they allow you an opportunity to go meet that manager and make sure it's going to be a good fit for both you and for that, you know, that team, that local team. And I I walked into um, to Bill's office and And he, you know, invited me in. We had a great conversation and everything was, you know, going great. And um, he was actually the manager and I was going to be reporting to the agronomist. And he did share with me before I left that the agronomist had a big concern about having a female employee. And this agronomist was older in age and um, maybe a little more traditional about Mm -hmm. himself. And, um, but that... That manager looked at me and he said, "But I don't think there's going to be any problem." Mm-hmm. And so I kind of <laughs> thought through, you know, thought through that to myself. Well, I hope there's not a problem. Right. Yeah. Um, but uh, so I go through my first season, and the agronomist that I was working with came to me after our detasseling season, which we all know detasseling oh. is a very stressful yeah. time, right? Yeah. And yeah. Um, very time sensitive. And and he came to me and he said, "You know, Jennifer, um, I had." 
actually a lot of issue with you, you know, with us bringing a female to our location and, and having to work with you. And, and I didn't tell him that I knew. Right. You're like, never let really? Uh-huh. <laughs> and I said, really? And, um, he said, but I have to tell you, you just fit in like one of the guys and I can't imagine this place without you. Oh, and, yeah. you know, I think that yeah. really as a woman in ag, I mean, we, yeah, we probably have to work a little harder to prove ourselves. But any of us that work in the industry have to gain that respect. Yeah. And, you know, if we all work hard at it, whether we're male or female, yep. you know, you'll gain that, yeah. that respect. And yeah, I, I like just... That. You know, I didn't let that bother me, but I thought it was an interesting story about how, you know, it really, he turned, turned his, you know, it turned his thought around. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, it's always, that's one of my biggest stories, I guess. And it's always good when you can, um, just through showing up and doing your work and doing it well Mm -hmm. and, Mm -hmm. uh, being who you are that, that you can help someone realize that that was maybe slightly misguided thinking. Uh And I get, yeah, that's exactly right. You know, and I learned a lot of those skills in FFA, right? I mean, I think FFA really teaches you that confidence and really, um, you know, helps you become that, that person that, you know, is well-respected in the industry. That's great. So on that FFA note, what is your involvement today with FFA? Oh, that's a great question. So um, I just recently joined the Indiana FFA Foundation Board. And yeah. so I've really enjoyed working um, with the foundation. And, you know, our goal is to, you know, help provide uh, the funding that uh, the students need to be able to have the opportunities mm-hmm. um, where they can learn. And um, I also um, coordinate the National FFA Sales Contest. Oh, yeah. Um, I coordinate, uh, help coordinate all the judges for that event. We usually have uh, right around a hundred judges come into wow. Indy for for the for the two day judging event. So, mm-hmm. um, I definitely am finding ways to stay involved. And I have three <laughs> girls at home that are um, my oldest is in seventh grade, and our school unfortunately does not have an FFA or AG program. Yeah, and so I've been trying to be a voice uh, to hopefully get something started there, so my girls have the opportunities that I did. Yeah, because it's a, it's a great opportunity, it right? Is. Like it's. Uh, it, is. it it throws you into situations where mm-hmm. you have to uh, think and figure things yeah. out and, you yeah. know, grow certain. And, and those are the places where we all grow, right. unfortunately, and, you sometimes. Know, I say to my kids who are eighth grade and fifth grade, um, and we do have an FFA program, and I'm lightly hoping, I mean, that they will get involved. But the things I use today in meetings and board meetings and places I, I'm involved all those skills came from FFA for me. Yep. All of them. I know, yeah. All of them. Yeah. So that's pretty powerful. Yep, it is. It really is. And, you know, I mean, I think, um, you know, some of the, the other opportunities that the kids have at our school are great. But I yeah. think um, understanding, having a base knowledge of where your food comes from, I just right. think that that's so, so important. And yep. the leadership skills that you gain mm-hmm. out of those ag and FFA um opportunities are really important too. I'm curious, um, what events did you do when you were in high school? Oh, Oh, so I love the speaking events. Uh Um, Creed speaking was probably (laughs) my favorite my freshman year. I was our district winner in Creed. And then I just um, prepared public speaking and job interview. And um, I was a meets judger too. Oh, you were? Okay. I love to do the meets judging. Yes. That's kind of That's a pretty serious one too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. My food science uh, direction there at Purdue kind of came from that, okay. but uh, I quickly realized that working with people is definitely where I wanted to be. Right. So, 
Yeah, that's it's funny um, because one of the questions we had for you was <laughs> if you could still recite the creed. I'm betting you can. <laughs> I'm betting you can too. Yeah, I I can actually probably a good it. majority of it. Right? That's yeah. awesome. That's funny. That's that awesome. is too funny. Yes. Good. Okay. Well, Jennifer, thank you so much. This has been a fun yeah. conversation and you are such a great representative representative of women who have uh, been a part of the FFA organization. So um, everybody, uh, I can't say enough about mm-hmm. Jennifer Maszewski, the retail market oh, manager yeah. uh, there in Indiana for FMC. So thank you again for joining yeah. us here on Shining Bright. And for any of you Thank listening, you ladies. It's yeah. been a fun, fun conversation. Thank you so much. Oh, yeah, yeah. For any of you listening, be sure to check out our website, farmher.com. While you're there, sign up for the mailing list to stay in the know about all the things going on with Farm Her, from the TV show to the podcast. You name it, it's all right there. Welcome back to Shining Bright in our continuing, I'm just going to call it a celebration of women being such a strong part of the FFA organization um, over the last 50 years. But I mean, it has it has really built. And, um, you know, we, we talked to so many people like Jennifer in the last segment where, you know, it was a part of her life and she's still engaged in some ways today. But now we're going to take it over to Caitlin Remington, who uh, was in FFA. We're going to hear all about that. And she is now an advisor. And so, Caitlin, welcome to Shining Bright. Thank you. Thank you for having me today. Yeah, yeah. Are you, are you coming at me from school or are you, um, are, are you at home today? Yes. Yeah. I am actually at school today. I actually uh, found someone to cover my class so I could actually do this with you today, Margie. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much. Uh, This is good because, you know, um, I see it all the time and I think anybody who's been in FFA is aware of it, the advisors and the the, uh, people, the adults, the, the parts of the program that give so much of their time to, you know, help these young people who are in FFA uh, grow and expand. It's, the most necessary part of the program, really, when I look across it, people like you and what you do. So thank you for making the time today, because I know you have a packed schedule. Uh, um, So, Caitlin, why don't we start with you telling us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, a little bit about your background as it relates to agriculture? Absolutely. Um, So I actually grew up um, in Denison, Iowa, uh, where uh, we actually raised um, some lambs on, on my grandparents' farm. Uh, I was involved in both uh, 4-H and FFA. So, of course, it was one of those, we were one of those families that it wasn't an option. It was kind of just like we knew we were going to be in 4-H. We knew we were going to be in FFA. Yeah. Um, and, and it was just kind of like where we wanted to take that, like our path. Yeah. And so, um, showed lambs at our Crawford County Fair. And then I joined FFA, like as soon as I could um, in high school. And so, um, I had awesome ag teacher, uh, Mr. Randall Coleman that, um, pushed me to, to see what I didn't see. And so like had me involved in, in many different contests, like creed speaking, I can still say all five paragraphs of the FFA creed because of that (sighs) and and got me out of my comfort zone. I, I think that was my biggest thing. And, um, I always knew I wanted to be a teacher growing up, but I didn't know what type of ag or what type of teacher. And so like, it wasn't until like I was 
a junior in high school and I was complaining because at first I thought I wanted to be a math teacher because I really liked math. I was good at math. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I was having a terrible time in my statistics class. And so it was my ag teacher that basically was like, well, you like FSA, you like farming, you like being at county fair. Why don't you become an ag teacher? And it was one of those, hey, that's a great idea. And so... (laughs) Um, after I graduated high school, I went to Iowa State University and majored in uh, agriculture and life sciences education. Um, and yeah, from there I, I graduated and went to, um, East Marshall High School where I started my teaching career. Awesome. So you mentioned creed speaking, uh, you showed livestock as well. Was there any one part of your, uh, high school FFA experience that sticks out that, that really like carried forward with you? Um, I think it was uh, the fact that like we actually won our state competition in nursery landscape. And so we were, we had the opportunity to be um, the Iowa representatives at National FFA. We competed in, in the nursery landscape competition. And that's one of the things that I hope at some point I can get a team to, to be our state winner and then go compete at nationals. It was one of those amazing experiences that um, not many kids get to do. And so I, I really hope sometime that I can get a team or have a team qualify for, for our national competition. Yeah. And, you know, I think that you just hit it. I mean, for, for me, if I think back to myself at that age, when you throw a little bit of competition in there and the ability to kind of excel through that and to to have that experience of like, oh, I did this, you know, or or my team and I did this is like something that you can't, you can't recreate. You know what I mean? It's just like a, it creates that spark, right? And you definitely see your hard work pay off. And so it's one of those things that like you've worked so hard for this contest or so hard for this thing and, and you won and it's, it's this gratifying feeling. And now I, I get the opportunity to train my own students and see that spark in their eye when you know, they win sub-district contests and they know they're going on to that next level. And so that's one of the coolest moments for me as a teacher, because I know I had that moment in high school and now seeing someone else have that, you know, feeling of success as well. Yeah. You know, um, kudos to you too for taking that teacher's advice because, you know, I think sometimes we come up with this plan that we're going to have and and there's something that we're passionate about sitting over here on the side and maybe we don't realize that we can combine those. So uh, that's really cool that that you chased that path, you know, and you still are <laughs> on that yes. path for sure. Uh, okay, so you said you went to what was it, East Marshall High School was your first teaching mm-hmm. uh, job. So how long were you there? So I taught at East Marshall High School, which is in Lagrand, so it's about eight miles east of Marshalltown for six years. Okay, uh, so I started I started there and uh, taught for about six years um, oh. until. Yep. Sorry. Go ahead. Oh no, I was gonna say, was it an established program already? Um, I assume up and running. Yep, it was up and running. Uh, They had had um, basically they kind of almost did what Bonner at Ferrar is doing now. They had a program. uh, They had changed their name, and some stuff kind of fell through the cracks, and so they almost had to recharter. But they did that before I had came. Uh, So like the new charter had happened in about oh two thousand and two. And so um, they had a, a program going. They had a full-time ag teacher. Um, just so happened that she was moving back towards her family more. And so this position came to open when I uh, graduated from, from Iowa State. And so um, 
it wasn't anywhere near my hometown, but I thought it was a, a good new adventure for me. And so um, started there, uh, had, you know, full class period, had an established FFA chapter uh, and, and really enjoyed my, my six years there. Yeah. What would you say, I'm, I'm going to keep asking you this, was yeah. maybe the biggest lesson that you took out of those six years there that you've carried forward with you? Um, I think it's the fact that um, students are not all the same. Yeah. <laughs> and, and what I, I mean by that is, you know, you can be teaching the same lesson about, about we'll say, breeds of livestock, you know, throwing throwing out that, you know, random ag fact today, breeds of livestock to the kids, but one kid's not going to get it um, as quickly as some of the others. And so you may have to change your, your thoughts and something that may be super simple to you that you know, like you grew up knowing these breeds of livestock. Some of these kids have never seen an actual animal in real life. And so it's some of those things that you have to change your thought process or change what you're doing and, and help all of them understand what's going on. Yeah, it's a real like start to finish look at it, I'm sure, yeah. because you know what, like I've, I've been hanging out in this egg industry for most of my professional life. And um, I still hear things that I'm like, what? Because just the other day, someone had a word for a breed of sheep, I think it was, or cattle. I can't, I can't remember. And I'm like, yeah. I've never even heard that. What are you talking about? Just when I think I might be able to, you know, grasp it a little bit, there's always something more to learn for sure. Okay. Uh, so we are going to come back here in the next segment and we're going to keep talking about what Caitlin is doing today. She has um, moved on and um, is working on a brand new program and it's a pretty cool thing. And we've gotten to experience some of the young people in this program and, and it's uh, really a fun thing. So uh, on that note, do you YouTube? That is one of the best places to see our farm, her stories, watch segments from every TV episode, our everybody eats videos and of course, other fun behind the scenes stuff from Farm Her, like bloopers, you know, and let me tell you, there are a lot of them. So check it out and subscribe today at youtube.com slash farmher. back to Shining Bright. We are talking to a pretty cool woman who has had FFA, I guess, be a large part of most of her life from uh, the sounds of things so far. So Caitlin, welcome back. Um, let's start with what led you to the position that you're in today and, and um, tell us a little bit about the challenge that you undertook with your new, it's not even new anymore, with your current position, right? <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I actually, uh, well, I got married uh, in 2016 and um, my husband and I uh, bought a house here in uh, Bonda Ranch. And so I was taking the very long journey up to LaGrange, which is about 40 to 45 minutes, depending on how fast you want to drive on 330 um, up there. And so it was 45 minutes one way. Uh, and so after after some time and, and the fact that um, now I have a two-year-old son, um, I, I kind of started figuring out that I needed some more time at home and specifically with Sam. Yeah. And so um, they actually it just, you know, miraculously happened that Bonneret Farrar had been looking at 
opening an egg position for, for quite some time, but never like really fully pulled the trigger on it until, um, about two years ago. And, um, but they, they didn't open a full position. They only did a quarter time position. Um, and so I just happened to apply just trying to see, you know, maybe this is something I can, you know, I can enjoy and, and try a new position. Um, and it'd be, you know, super great to only drive like five blocks instead yeah. <laughs> of 45 minutes. And so, Sorry, go ahead. Uh, oh, I was going to say, isn't that funny once you have kids that you have to squeak out every last minute of time you can from wherever you can get it and and spending, you know, a couple hours in a car every day isn't super exciting anymore. No, no, it's not. And, and you know, I actually, I really did enjoy like, you know, pre-Sam really enjoyed that, that drive because, you know, it gets to think and get your mind straight and you're going and, um, and like that decompression before you get home. But, you know, just having this little one at home, I just wanted to be home as soon as I possibly could. So um, having this position open up was, was fantastic and um, interviewed here. And they said, you know, it's only quarter time. You're only going to be teaching about two class periods a day. And, and it was a definite drastic switch. Um, But I, I took the leap of faith because they had told me, well, at some point, it will be full-time position for you. And so I took the leap and I said, all right, let's do this. Let's start this program. Um, They had not had agriculture in this school um, since I guess the early seventies is kind of what I'm getting from my historical markers. Mm -hmm. Um, So that, that was a big shift for some of our kids. Um, But we definitely have great community support and great families that really were pushing for this. Um, because our kids, if they wanted to take ag, were going to have to go to a different school and taking out about three periods of their day. And so it was really limiting some of our kids from taking an ag class because they couldn't take three periods out to go to get one at a different school. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we started the ag program. I just did um, last year was just intro to ag. Um, so it was just all the basic stuff. Um, and I had about 35 kids in class. Um, this year I act- for a first year program, I think, I mean, in my opinion, you know, it's, it's like, obviously there was a, a need there ready and waiting. Oh, absolutely. It was an absolute need. And, and I had about, um, 15 kids in my FFA chapter, which that definitely shows me as well. There is a definite, um, draw and a definite pull for students that really want to be involved in agriculture and agriculture advocacy. Yeah. Um, so what, what, Tell me a little bit about the challenges of starting a new program, right? Like, um, I mean, even though maybe there was one way back in in history at some point, and for those of you listening who are maybe not based in Iowa, um, Bondurant is a a smaller town, but I wouldn't even call it rural. Maybe it was at one point, but it's on the outskirts of Des Moines. It's in the metro area. I mean, heck, you guys are going to have an Amazon warehouse there soon. So it's um, definitely like a, you know, there's rural around it, but it's, it's a part of the Metro really. Yeah. We're, we're definitely one of the quickest growing towns in, in Iowa or close to it. Um, we are getting to be a big town, but still with small town qualities. Mm-hmm. Um, we definitely have a lot of people that are still agriculturally related, I think in our area. Yeah. So was, was there a challenge in getting this program up and running? I mean, I, I can't even imagine where you would start. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. So there's there's a lot of lists of like little things that you have to do before even um, you charter your program. Um, so it's stuff like you have to make a constitution and bylaws oh. um, and you have to have like 10 actual members that are willing to be in your chapter, um, which that was super easy to get right away. Yeah. But it's um, those type of things. And it's, it's just like some paperwork type things and, and figuring out what you're going to actually name your FFA chapter, um, which sounds really funny to say out loud, but there's some schools that um, they're kind of together. They mesh two schools together to be one FFA chapter. Mm-hmm. And so they have to figure out what their school name is going to, or their FFA chapter name is going to be. Yeah. Um, so from a standpoint of a, a wife and a mom and a professional person, I mean, I, I hear this a lot that, you know, being a teacher is not the, always the easiest thing. And being a teacher of agriculture and all of the outside of school, um, you know, things that go on is a juggle. And I think yeah. that it is a hard thing for a lot of people. And it, I think personally, I would say if I was thinking about myself could be a really hard thing as a mom and a wife, because you do have all these extra hours outside of school that you have to spend on it. Has it been a juggle? I mean, tell tell me a little bit about your experience in that, because I think it's, it's, um, I don't want to call it a cliff, but I think I hear a lot of people who, you know, they might be in it a year or two and then they're, they're out, but you've been in it for a number of years now. Yeah. Uh, we always, it's, it's the rule trying to get ag teachers to year 10, um, between that year five and year, we'll say seven to eight is when most of our, our ag teachers kind of drop off. Mm -hmm. I'll be honest. Like the people will decide, you know what, I'm spending more time and effort on other people's kids and not enough time with my own kids. And so that's kind of, where it is. And, and, and it's definitely a juggle of being a wife, a mom, a teacher, an FSA advisor, because they're not always the same thing. Um, I know right now trying to, you know, have everything for my FFA students and giving them my all, I've almost put my grading on the back, the the back burner. Don't tell my school that, (laughs) but like I put my, my grading on like the back burner for a little while because I'm trying to focus on them. Um, and so definitely like I have to have a calendar. I still have the paper calendar because I feel more satisfaction, like doing a paper calendar than an online one. Yeah. Yes. And, And so, um, I have to tell my FFA kids, well, these are the times I'm available to work with you or like we, with my officer team, I set out times ahead of the year, like at the beginning of the year, when we're going to meet. So I have those on my calendar um, and I can show my husband, all right, this is what I have. We share our calendar together and say, all right, I'm going to be gone, you know, this night working with my parliamentary procedure team. Can you pick up Sam from daycare? Yep. And like, we, we have to kind of juggle it all. And, um, especially this time of year, February, March, April, it's just a crazy time of year, especially for myself and my husband, since he's involved in FFA, the FFA world as well. It's, It's one of those that we're really glad that we have other people to help us out as well. Oh, yeah. And you know, it helps to have a spouse that understands the the pressures of that too, mm-hmm. I'm sure. So, well, Caitlin, thank you so much. Okay, everybody stick with us. We're going to be right back here on Shining Bright. And again, we are talking about all things women and FFA.
this is Margie Geiler Alanese. Next week on Shining Bright, we're keeping the party going. We're going to be talking about the really big way that National FFA is celebrating 50 years of women through a touching video that brings to life the grit and the grace of women in ag through the words of an absolutely amazing country artist on Shining Bright by Farmher. are wrapping it up here on Shining Bright and I convinced Caitlin to stick with us a little bit longer since she's got someone covering her class. Again, Caitlin, (laughs) thank you for making time in the middle of what I know is a very busy school day uh, to be here. So um, let's talk a little bit about your class. And um, I know from being there and and maybe that was just the people who came, um, I guess, when I was there, there is a lot of young women in your class, right? And this is not uncommon across FFA, I know, uh, these days anyway. Yeah, it's definitely um, more women or young women are joining agriculture or at least wanting to know more and more about agriculture. Um, Even in my experience of being an FFA advisor, um, I have more girls and young women that are applying for some of our leadership positions or even um, trying to do some of our our career development events that um, are ones that are a little bit harder and like they're really trying to push themselves um, through and and get some of those leadership positions that are typically more male dominated. Yeah. And I suppose um, maybe there's something good about a new chapter for that too, right? Because it's like, this isn't the way that it's just always been. It's kind of wide open. So we're we're all here and we're all showing up and we're all going to jump in this. Um, but definitely I, uh, we did a Facebook live a little while ago and, and we came and were in your classroom and, um, there was a couple young women that were wearing farm hair shirts and I had the chance to go, uh, you connected me with them and, and I had the chance to go to their farm that I'm just going to call them the Johnson sisters. Cause there's, yes. there's a handful of them. Um, and, yeah. uh, what cool young women I, I, I bet you feel lucky to get to experience such strong kids on a regular basis, whether they're boys or girls, right? Right. Um, the Johnson sisters are like, they're an amazing family. Um, and their, their mom and dad, and even the three girls are willing to do anything or everything I possibly need. Um, I do get the privilege of having all three of them in, in class this semester. Wow. And it's just, yeah, it's, it's a great, um, and so it's it's an awesome opportunity for me um, because these are three young women that are are striving to to be the excellence in agriculture and FFA and everything they do. Um, Lydia right now is serving as our South Central District reporter. Um, Grace Johnson is actually the middle one is is applying and actually got balloted um, for a district office this year as well. So she's our first girl to ever try or even student to try for district office. And then she is our first person to ever be balloted um, for district office as well. And then um, Bridget, so the youngest one, is actually um, our FFA Creed speaker for this year. I love it. You know what? I, I got them to jump on to uh, Shining Bright recently, and they didn't brag on themselves as much as you did. So thank you for telling me all of that. <laughs> they told Absolutely. me so, but, but that's pretty cool. And and yeah. this is just what I love, love, love about FFA. Um, how does it make you feel to see to see them flourishing, you know, in your program? Well, I, I just love to see 
see these students from year to year to year. And, and I only, I know I've only had these girls for two years, but just to see the change in, you know, the kids that were my freshmen last year, to see how much they've come out of their shell and become this, you know, awesome student, which they were awesome students back then, but they're actually stating their opinion and going outside their comfort zone. Like mm-hmm. if you would have asked me last year, who was going to apply for district office or anything like that, I probably would not have pinpointed Grace. But this year when she walked into this school year and I was like, this this is the girl I knew she could be. This is the um, you know excitement and leadership that I knew she could. She just was kind of holding it in last year. So it's great to see that that journey and that change in her. Yeah, I love it. Okay, so if you could give one piece of advice to a young woman, maybe a Grace or a, somebody else out there listening, what would that be as, uh, as somebody who's had FFA be such a part of their lives? Um, I think take up every opportunity as you can. Um, you know, I, I like to tell the kids at the beginning of the year, FFA is like a buffet. You can choose your you know, your dinner, your, your whole plate throughout the four years, you can do little things or you can eat from the whole buffet. You can do everything possible, but take the opportunities that, you know, someone puts in front of you, whether it's your advisor or someone else um, puts in front of you and, and really run with it and and try something new that you may not feel the most comfortable with um, the first day, Yeah, but it'll, it'll be worth it. Yeah. I love that. Caitlin, thank you so much for what you're doing uh, in your district and for the young people in FFA. And thank you for giving us some time here on Shining Bright. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Of course. Okay, everybody, don't forget, we've teamed up with our friends at National FFA to celebrate 50 years of women being in the organization. We have our Courage is Contagious shirts for sale and all of the net proceeds go right back to National FFA. Check it out on our website. You've been listening to Shining Bright by Farmhood. Be sure to listen Saturdays at noon and Sundays at 1 p.m. Eastern on SiriusXM's Rural Radio 147 and the SiriusXM app. And now, go shine bright.